I'm on a coffee. Yeah. Where do you even find that kind of background? Uh, I just googled um, bistro, bistro, <laughs> Italian bistro. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you. Are these some transition shades? These are uh, blue light shades. Is the glare too much? No, no, no. I like them. Yeah. Oh, thank Put you. those back on. Yeah, they're good. So I got my professional setup here, as you can see. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you good. Are you going to be able to hear me without a mic? You sound great. You're plugged directly in. Um, can you talk a little bit? Hello, Sam Spano. <laughs> This is just seen on Painter. Recording in progress. I'm recording on the Zoom as well, um, okay. just in case. And for the archive. For the archive, just in case my thing doesn't get it. Um, and all right, um, I think we're good. I think everything. Oh wait, yeah, I want to test this. Can you hear this? Yes. Is that my song? <laughs> my intro song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Where Where are you right now? You're in Venice. I'm in Venice. I'm in my apartment. I'm dog sitting right now. So if you hear any barking or squeaking, whose dog is it? It's my friend Melissa's dog. Can you, Can you see that? There's my dog, Ruby, cute. and then that's Birdie, the white, the white dog. Oh, they're, cute. they're lovers. Really? Yeah, they're, they're inseparable. That's cute. It gets a little too, it gets a little too, uh, a little too X-rated sometimes with them. Really? Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. And Ruby, like. She's such a, sedu a seductress. She's like, her whole personality changes when he comes around. It's really mm. funny. Yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any I have rubies? The, I have the any same. Flight? I have the same problem. <laughs> you, you're the ruby. Yeah. <laughs> ruby just becomes very like slinky. Slinky. Yeah, she's just like her movement becomes very snake-like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You hear them? Oh my god. Okay. I hope they uh, I hope they start humping on screen <laughs> during this. How many listeners do you have? Five hundred. Really? No, I made that. <laughs> I was like, just tell yourself that no one actually. Um, usually, about, usually about a hundred. It's such a good podcast. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I wonder if I'm biased because I know you, and I'm just like cracking up. I, I think it is. I think that's probably part of it. Oh, no. but also you just have such a good radio voice. Thank you. Well, and, and are, are you doing like a? You're not editing anymore. You're just. No, not really. Um, 
you know, like obviously if, if we talk about things and then you decide you don't want it in there, I'll edit it out, of course. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but no, the yeah, last few have it. been just like straight to tape, not really touching anything up. Yeah, the first, the first few that I did, I used to uh, edit it like a lot. Like I would like obsess yeah. over like, oh, I said the wrong word here. And then I would like cut it in. I would like edit the right word. <laughs> it's like so nuts. Oh, no, it's perfect. I really like how it's been flowing lately. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's like we're just hanging. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're just hanging. This isn't like, this isn't like 60 minutes here. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be grilling <laughs> you. Like, <laughs> Who does 60 Minutes? Is that Diane Sawyer? I don't know. I'm I'm truly sounding. Someone said I'm a spiritual boomer. <laughs> and that reference is only cementing the fact that I am a spiritual boomer. I mean, if you're a, a true spiritual boomer, you should know who Diane Sawyer is. I know is. who she is. Of course I do. Okay. I don't think she does 60 Minutes anymore. I think Morley Schaefer does 60 Minutes. Mm, I'm just uh, also having a coffee. Just, like, thinking of like people grilling like celebrities, I, I like she just like pops. pops Diane Sawyer. No, she does yeah. that. Um, and Barbara Walters. That's she's known You're for that. Barbara Walters. <laughs> I'm the Barbara Walters of art podcasting. No doubt about okay. it. Ready for the intro song. All right, hold on. I have a uh, weird licorice thing in my mouth. Let me get rid of it. Okay. All right. Did I wear my glasses too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Throw your glasses on. They have no uh, prescription in them yet. Well, neither do mine. <laughs> yeah, throw your glasses on so I could have. Let's. Uh, <laughs> yourself reflected back at you mm. these are new and i just want an honest opinion is this a, a look yeah it's a look it's a good look it's a look that's like it's trying not to be a look it's a good look you look like <laughs> you look, it looks good you look like lisa Loeb. <laughs> no i don't want that <laughs> oh that's a good thing i want like you look like um I want Diane Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the first person I think of when I think of you. All right. Enough of that. All right, let's do this again. Okay. I'm leaving this all in too. <laughs> Okay, my friends, it is time to introduce to you my next guest. This artist just finished her thesis exhibition and earned her MFA from UCLA. She received her BFA in 2014 from the San Francisco Art Institute. She has shown extensively across North America. Her most recent solo exhibitions include How to Carry a Cloud at the Valley in Taos, New Mexico and plateaus at et al gallery in san francisco and just this year she completed a residency at the monastery of saint gertrude's in cottonwood idaho 
very busy artist, it is my pleasure to welcome on to the Painter Man podcast, live from Los Angeles, California, my good friend, the terrific painter, Justine Rivas. Oh, wait, what's that message you just sent? You haven't actually done that residency? <laughs> she has not actually completed the residency at uh, the monastery at St. Gertrude's. You lied on your resume. No, 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 it's coming up. It Did says I 2022. Yeah, I misunderstood that. Yeah. Well, I still have questions about it. I have Please. questions about all everything you've been up to. It's been... It's been a long time since we saw each other actually in person, right? Mm-hmm. I think in New York is the last time we yeah. hung out. Yeah, that mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. That was like 20. 20- oh, wow. Yeah, that was like 2015. That was like New no. Year's. No, that was New Year's Eve going into 2016. And we broke like um, probably five champagne glasses. Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And I broke one because I put my roommate's dog bone, my roommate's dog's dog bone in my mouth. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> and that's how you broke the champagne glasses. I dropped the bone and and broke out of my mouth and broke a champagne flute. I don't remember that. It was kind of a, a sloppy, but um, wonderful time. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> That was a good night. That's the last time I think I saw you. Really? But we we know each other from SFAI. And actually, yeah. your your most well-known credit, the most important credit that everyone knows, mm-hmm. is you were my original radio sidekick on the Tuesday night special <laughs> on SFAI radio. I still radio. listen to those radio. Thanks. Yeah, I still sh- I still share them. Tuesday night special. I ju- I I still share mm-hmm. those with people. Um, those are good. Yeah, that was a good show. They're solid. Mhm. So that's the first time we did. Uh, that's the first time I ever did radio. Anyways. I wish we had recordings of those shows. I know they. Yeah. Do- somewhere but um they're on the computer at sfai they're in that on that computer in that radio station i'm probably probably not probably not i I don't even sfai is not even a school anymore they are a school they have merged with usf oh i heard that yeah isn't that a a jesuit school i don't know I'm not sure. I think anyway, they're getting back on their feet. Are they still going to be on that campus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the original I feel like campus. My, That's good. Yeah. Um, I feel like my strongest memory of hanging out with you is, of course, in Keith Bodwee's conceptual drawing class. Yeah, that's where we met. We met in Keith right? Bodwee's class. Who's Keith is, uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show. You absolutely need to get him on the show. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit. I need to talk to him more about it. I mean, he has so many stories. But yeah, that's where we met. Keith is like a, uh, 
he's like a common thread for so many people. So many artists know each other. Or so? I think so. I think like so many people have been in touch with Keith and kind of, yeah. Who like went through the, like who lived in San Francisco or like LA. Yeah. It's like he's six so degrees of, of uh, Keith Bodwe. Have you talked to um, him re recently? You know, I'm kind of, I've been bad about staying in touch with people yeah. through the pandemic. Um, and he's someone who, you know, called me, he'll, he'll like just randomly call me and then we'll catch up. But um, I'm going to go to a wedding next month in San Francisco and I'm going to see him and, and Kenny. Oh, nice. I'm going to try to see them both. Yeah. Yeah. I miss them. I miss sort of, uh, do I miss San Francisco? Kind of. Right? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Um, have you been back much? I went, I've been back a little bit. Yeah, I've been back. So, it's Justine, tell me about your MFA show. How did it go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recovering. I've, I've been just, after my show... I've just been sleeping for like three days straight. I don't know if that's normal, but I think I was just running off fumes and adrenaline and I've just like crashed. Yeah. So my show went well. It was honestly like, it was a really special night. I feel I, so I did a performance with my paintings and I wrote a play oh. that was kind of came before the paintings i wrote a play and and sam got a chance to read the play right mm -hmm. i did read it you did yeah okay they're not supposed to say you you read it what's that <laughs> are we lagging a little bit yeah you you dropped for a second um that's all right you're fine okay. no it's all will, will you make this seamless i'll i'll try yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to bore everyone with like talking about my like to me that I'm like all right well okay so you I don't want to bore everyone well, with talking about myself well that's that's why you're here but that's what I'm for right <laughs> and no you have a lot it, I was really actually interested in that so yeah you wrote you wrote a play to perform yeah. at the thesis show is mm -hmm. this the first time you ever wrote a play it's the first time I ever wrote a play. What compelled you to do that? Well, I had this experience last summer in upstate New York. I signed up for an apprenticeship with a with an herbalist, um, and I went there not really like knowing what was going to come of it. Mm -hmm. I think. I just sort of like to throw myself into things outside of painting. And sometimes they make their way into my, the experiences make their way into my painting. Um, but I had a really wild experience. Um, this is someone I've been following for a couple of years. And, you know, it's kind of like the classic story, like don't, don't ever meet your heroes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to, 
I was going into my thesis year and I wanted to create a body of work. Um, and I had just been like obsessing about this, this herbalist for the last two years. And I think, I know Sam, you, you are this way too, but I just get obsessive about things and I just do a deep dive. Mm -hmm. And so I was really in a deep dive with this woman and her, her, you know, her books, her, her podcast, her life, like, What's the and gist so, of her, what is her like focus on like healing herbs for yeah, healing? Yeah. Like the, yeah. so her focus is on herbs, but specifically she really likes to use weeds. So, you know, weeds are accessible uh -huh. and you don't have to grow them in a garden. You can even like have access to some, to weeds in an urban landscape mm -hmm. and yeah, so she's really into like dandelion or nettle, things that are are weeds, mm -hmm. uh, herbal weeds that have, you know, I guess medicinal nourishing properties. So, right. and then she's really into like, she's a real old school feminist in a way that would be problematic today. Yeah, yeah, like a old white hippie feminist she's what we call a turf uh um and but you know it's, it's she she's got a lot of value and a lot of knowledge she's really into the she calls the wise woman tradition mm -hmm. um you know her stuff is pretty pretty um she she has like a homestead so she has goats she makes her own yogurt and her own milk. Well, she has her apprentices do that. Um, and that's what you did on the, when you were there, you, yeah. you were helping out with that kind of stuff. I was, and I think I had this expectation, you know, people can definitely like romanticize living out, out of the city and off the grid. But when you really see what that's like, it's, it's, it's not as glamorous as you think. I, yeah, I would, I would never think it was glamorous. But. You... <laughs> <laughs> um, I glamorous think I think is not the first thing I would think of, but yeah, I mean, I, it's this like, or... like uh, romantic kind of like, um, yeah. I did you find Roman that there was Romantics there was strife better. amongst everyone there that there was. Uh, was it like a bad energy there? Because that's what I got from your play. Okay, I, yeah, I got to just go back into this space because I think I block it out sometimes. So I fly into um, Albany and I take a, a an Uber to Wood, basically Woodstock. And, you know, I pull up, and this is in the play, I pull up and you know, there's a house on the side of the road that she told me to be dropped off at by the blue mailbox. She said, don't come, when we talked on the phone a couple days before, she said, don't come down my driveway. Be dropped, like, you, I want the Uber to drop you off at the mailbox. Mm -hmm. So I was told, Uber, I said, you know, you can drop me off right here. This is, but the house next to the blue mailbox was just in shambles. And he's like, he didn't believe me that's where I was going to be staying. Right. I remember this scene in the, the play. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was total, total squalor. 
And so he was like, no, I think it's the, he drove down the herbalist driveway. Yeah. And, and in my play, I call her Baba. So we'll call her Baba. Mm -hmm. And so he drove down Baba's driveway and she, I see her come down the deck and she's a very striking older woman. There's something very magnetic and, and beautiful about her and scary about her. Mm -hmm. And she comes down the deck. She's in her classic baggy tie dye shirt. She's barefoot. Um, and she comes down and first thing she's just screaming at me. Uh, wow. you know, I told, I told you not to come down this driveway and I'm just kind of shocked. Also, I can tell she's definitely stone because her eyes are glassy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so immediately it sort of made me on edge. And even my Uber driver was like, I was pulling yeah. out my suitcase. He was like, you good? You sure like, you want me to drop you off here? No, yeah. he was, he was concerned for me. Yeah. And so that was my first welcome in. And um, yeah, it just kind of was more, more of that for the, yeah. for the next three years until I made my, my escape. Wait, so it was, all, it was, it was how long? It was supposed to be for 10 days and I ended up leaving in the middle of the night. Really? Some really? It was that bad? Where'd you go? <laughs> so... You know, she just would be, I mean, screaming at me and this other apprentice who had already been there for three months. And, you know, she would just, you couldn't do anything right. If you didn't do what she expected you to do without telling you to do it, you were dumb. If you did something without asking, you were an idiot. Like we were just being. Couldn't win what you couldn't win with her you can win i was just being like verbally assaulted and mm. i could kind of create some distance from from the situation and i was like okay like what's the lesson here that i'm s- supposed to learn like is this woman just testing me is she trying to break me down so i like become more humble or something and i just was like you know i've done enough work on myself to know that this is just fucked up yeah this- it's just unwell um but i also could find some humor in it i think because i don't know i just so at one point she was having a total meltdown because um some cups were missing from her house and they were at another house because she has several properties Mm -hmm. um and so me and the other apprentice brought the, these missing cups back to her house from the other house. And she just had a total meltdown, like a tantrum and made the other apprentice cry. And we were about to have lunch and she was screaming at us, telling us how we've ruined lunch and how she, how, you know, we're idiots, fuck you, whatever. Like just- Yeah, screaming at my face. And so we, sorry, okay. So she leaves this, she leaves the deck where we were going to have lunch on the deck. She she gets herself like a bowl of watermelon, leaves the deck and starts screaming at us. All, like earlier that day, we've been rebuilding these fences to keep the goats out of one of the gardens. Mm-hmm. 
And she's screaming at us, shitty job we've done with the fences, how we've made it worse. And then I am on the deck and I'm like eating and I'm sitting there kind of by myself. And I think the other apprentice has gone off to like, you know, try to, try to cater to her or calm her down. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the deck and I see her come up towards the deck with the goats and she's an older woman and she falls and trips and, and falls into the dirt and her bowl of watermelon goes flying. <laughs> and, and I see her just crawling on her hands and knees, eating watermelon out of the dirt. Oh my God. I mean, that should Sounds be a painting. Psychotic. I, I haven't. Yeah. That. You should paint that. Right. And I just told myself out loud, Justine, you need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, that was just the that last drop. Yeah. This, this is. This that sounds is, so uh, crazy. <laughs> and then wasn't yeah. this. Uh, so then she was like involved. Like, shouldn't she get canceled or something online? Like, didn't all of this like stuff come out about this? Like, yeah. How do I know about that? Yeah. I know because I know everything. De definitely people have been trying to, uh, you know, get the word out there that she is um, scary and not to go to that residency. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think her, her, her books are useful. I think her, she's, um, you know, an important figure, but like, do you, do you need to go spend time with her? Right. No, it, it's interesting. And why I thought like she would be an interesting person to, to, you know, some paintings about is because I hate just boiling down a person to one thing. Sure. Um, like you're like, she's like, an artist. Yeah. I'm like, she's so layered. Like she also gave me so much and has given people so much. Is she complicated? Um, you know, at times horrible person. Yeah. I, yeah. And so I think it's especially like even now making, I even felt nervous like writing this play because there's some things she says in there that like people aren't going to like. And I was like, are people going to take this as, as, as my point of view? Are people not going to No. Are people, you know, so and yeah. I think you have to just take those voices when you're making art and take them out of your, like, just get them out of your head because yeah. you cannot be working through the filter of like, am I going to offend people or am, am I going to win this person's approval? So that's something that was interesting with working with this complicated character yeah. who is not always likable. Yeah. But you can't, you, you really, you can't censor yourself like that. And also it's pretty clear that this is a, a, a character you're not you're not speaking through the character that like just because something is like in a, a play or a movie or a book mm -hmm. doesn't mean the author is endorsing that but i also wanted to be sensitive to her um yeah and yeah. kind of reverent in a way so then i um didn't have cell phone service i didn't have a car and I, you know, somehow like excused myself from like the work I was doing. Um, mostly I was doing manual labor the whole time I was there, which mm. I, I honestly didn't mind working hard. Uh, it was more the screaming I couldn't handle. 
Um, so she would so, just scream at, at everyone who was working the whole time? Like just, yeah, me and the other apprentice. And then she has um, a partner who, who lives with her and also would scream at them. So that's how I kind of figured out, like, this isn't just about like some kind of shamanic practice. Yeah. This is just how this lady rolls. So I, um, you know, got my phone. I walked down the street for for a while until I got like one one bar of service. And I text my friend Alex, who lives in New York and had just been in Woodstock a couple of days before. And I and I thought maybe she's still in Woodstock. Um, and I just I knew I had to make the message urgent because. I couldn't really have a back and forth. I didn't have any service. So mm. I just said, wait, let, let me just pull up the text <laughs> because I have it saved. Um, and it worked. I mean, she came and she came and she swooped she me up. You. Okay. So here's the text. It says, are you still in Woodstock? Do you think you and Gio could pick me up at midnight at the address? By the blue mailbox question mark i need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> and, and and it it went green and then it, it said not delivered mm-hmm. and then her messages started coming through and i was like okay so obviously i think she got my message and um yeah she came and caught me at like 11 o'clock at night amazing and i was out there with my suitcase in the rain i mean do you think this lady would have like like, how do you think she reacted? Well, I I got a, a voicemail the next day telling her I owe her money. Somehow, I even though I paid for this apprenticeship and then worked the whole weekend before the apprenticeship started, she thought I owed her money. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. th- this is just some kind of scam she has going on to get people it's to do her work. Yeah, it's basically she gets people to come to pay to to apprentice with her but they're just running her her homestead and she's i didn't learn too much about herbs she you're basically just yeah running her her life for her and you're paying her to do to to work for her wow unbelievable so then you feel so you you decide to write this play which is kind Mm -hmm. of like a parody of these these types of people Mm mm-hmm did you perform it? Uh, like, did you do any kind of practice with it at before you did it at the thesis show? Or was that like the first time you had run through it? Yeah. So I was thinking a lot about performance and how I wanted to approach this. I'm always interested in kind of, you know, breaking up the gallery space. And I do that in a different way in every show I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I like usually in a more subtle way. Um, can you hear my dog chewing a bone? No. Okay. It's distracting me. Okay. So, um, and I was thinking about performance and I had the privilege of working with Andrea Frazier as part of my, my thesis committee. So mm. we talked about like, what kind of performance did I want it to be? And at first I think I was thinking something like theatrical and I was reading, um, a lot of Annie Baker plays. Have you read her plays? I haven't. I know of her. Yeah. And her language is just really simple. It's really detailed. It's very funny, um, but sincere. And I think that's what I was going for. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think my work is usually pretty sincere, but I think I, I liked, I wanted to bring in this like funny edge to it. Yeah. Um, Cause that's kind of, I think that balance of both is sort of my favorite kind of movies. My favorite kind of art is mm-hmm. kind of has those layers. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading a lot of Annie Baker's play plays and yeah, I think I was thinking about, do I want this to be, you know, it seemed kind of daunting to, to put on a, a play. Um, and so Oh yeah. It didn't have to be a play. It was art. It could be an art performance. So I think then once I let that go, that it could just be, you know, making something with friends that took a lot of pressure off me that it didn't have to be this like super sleek performance. And I, it's more of an experiment. Right. Um, you know, kind of, kind of like our band, Sam. Oh yeah, that's right. That's another thing. Yeah, we had a band. You know, I uh, I actually was going through like old archived posts on my Instagram a few yeah. months ago, and I, I found there was a clip of that. We were called Liquid Nonstop. <laughs> I don't even remember the name. I'm... Yeah, it sounded good. Be... It honestly sounded really good. That time we, we played at – what's that? We should put a clip of one of our songs in the show. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I might try to see if I could post that. And then, yeah, there's some, maybe some other old pictures I could throw in, in the promo, but I definitely have, um, our songs on on my old computer. Do you? I have recordings of our old songs. Oh, wow. I don't even have those. Where did we, where, what, we recorded that at Katie's in the, the basement that, that stuff yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah and i think we just recorded it on like an iphone but yeah uh, i have pf changs that was one of our <laughs> that was our single that we dropped wow i forgot all about that and then katie did a beautiful cover of the last unicorn song that's right what was pf changs did you write the lyrics to that was i, or... I wrote the lyrics to pf changs is that about was that about going on a date to P.F. Chang's or something? I, I can't remember the inspo for that song, but <laughs> we've know, had it's... you know we've had a, quite a few collaborations. You're mm-hmm. you are one of the few people I've ever done collaborative paintings with. We we've done we did a few paintings together at SFAI, and then of course it's... with Keith. But, okay, yes. Yeah, but uh, remember there was a few times you came into my studio, and we did some. I painting. do it. Yeah. The, what was the what was the painting we made? Was it the one with the fruit bowl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and we also did that. We did a photo shoot for Alex Morantz. Yep. Band. We did the cover for Alex Morantz solo LP. That's that's one of the few times I've ever used photo in as like final artwork. That was good. That came out good. I like that. Yeah. I still I still haven't received my copy. Really? You'll have to tell Alex. Oh, I'll definitely tell him. I will if he doesn't hear this, I'll remind him. Yeah, that was uh that was like a that was a cassette. That was released on a label and everything. 
He didn't send you one? There was. Unbelievable. But we did do that photo shoot in Keith Bodeby's house. Yep. Another connection. Yep. Yeah. I Because he let me, I was uh, house sitting for him for like that whole week. It was Thanksgiving mm-hmm. week and he was away. And so I got to house sit his amazing house in Emeryville, California. And we did a photo shoot where uh, Justine was balancing a pineapple on her shoes, on her feet, doing like a handstand. It came out really good, actually. And uh, yeah, we did some collaborative work with Keith Bodwe's Club Paint, which is like a, a group. He would gather different artists most of the time that he like worked with in class. And he would have them come over to his studio and we would all sit and draw together. And he would like give us prompts of like draw. It was usually something perverted. Um, That's his kind of vibe. Usually like some kind of sick scene. And a bunch of people would draw it. He would approve of it. And then decide what who was going to paint what. And then we would just kind of paint our own thing. He would make cocktails for everyone. It'd be like a nice little party. Tell me oh, about okay. the show. Tell me about so you, the paintings you had at the show. Were they all related to the play? They were. I think I just I, did. I finish answering the last question. I think I. I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. About the how did we rehearse? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, I was not a performer. There were four performers and we did rehearse. Um, but I think what I ended up coming to is that I wanted it to be more sculptural rather than theatrical. Mm. Um, so I think it was kind of ambiguous if there was a performance going on. Um, but of course, you know, naturally a crowd forms and, yeah, so that was yeah. the answer. We did have some some rehearsals, and the performance happened twice that night, one in, in the beginning and then one at the end when there weren't as many people there. And, you know, I thought the first one went really great, but the second one was even better. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's that's usually how that goes. That's because uh, then by then people are the people performing it have a more of a handle on it and. Yeah, You're used a little to nervous. Yeah, yeah, but that must be kind of weird because, like, most thesis shows I've been to, kind of like people are just walking around at their own pace. Like, there's no real space to like say like stop and look at this. Um, people are coming in and out all the time, so like you just kind of have to deal with that and just power through. There was definitely a lot of, and then two other people I, I was in the show with had uh, videos. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, noise during mm-hmm. the show. And I kind of just leaned into that and was like, I tried to not control so much in the performance and just was like, you know, in the play, you know, Baba is really into LSD. So I was like, this is just part of the trip. Mm-hmm. We're just going to surrender to you know, people talking and, and, um, I think even that I would push more next time. Mm -hmm. 
Was she really into LSD in real life? She, I think that's how she kind of got in touch with, with the plants, she says. That's how she started talking with plants. Oh. Wow. Maybe she was just tripping out the whole time. Maybe she was on a bad trip. I think she was just, I think you can do too much LSD. You and I think definitely can. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. Um, a lot of, a lot of acid casualties. Yeah. Especially that, that generation. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And it, uh, yeah, kind of makes, it makes people like the kind of like a, a, like a zombie, like a little bit of a, a crazy zombie sometimes. Like you don't have like a soul anymore. You see like an acid burnout in Berkeley. You used to see all kinds of acid burnouts. I mean, we would see that at, at SFAI all the time. There was just people like who just got a little too into mm -hmm. psychedelics. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's big. That's big out there. And that's something I've been thinking a lot with painting. And I think, I feel like we talked about a little bit, but you know, um, I had some feedback right a week before my show that my paintings needed to be um, more psychedelics. There is that in the hmm. play, but not in a way that you think like tie dye. Or yeah, like groovy. Yeah. Like that's the thing too. Like psychedelic has been kind of like associated with these like this aesthetic from like you know, this, these groovy, like tie dye, wavy graphics and stuff, but it kind of, as a, like it me, it can mean so many different things as like an experience and like a, a feeling. So yeah. You know about psychedelics? Hmm? You look like you know about psychedelics. <laughs> Do I? I, I, I've, I've done a little bit. I haven't done too much, but actually, um, oh. One of the few times I did acid was with you. You weren't on acid, but do you remember when we went to uh, we went to see Yola Tango? This was is one of my favorite memories. Is it? Yeah, and I I was tripping out <laughs> at Yola Tango, and it was like it it was so emotional for me. It like it was so overwhelmingly beautiful because that's not. That's not music like I ever associated with like psychedelics, but oh, they do have many. They have like these long freak out jams and stuff that kind of can feel like it. But it was just so it was just so pretty. And I was watching the uh, the curtain behind them. There was like a red curtain. It was in a theater and it was like waving and just shape shifting because by that point, the acid was really hitting. And it was just truly it was amazing. It brought me to tears. Didn't they also have some paintings on easels? They did, yeah. Yeah, they did. And then my favorite memory is we went back to my house after, and Sam was so moved by my bedroom. Do you remember <laughs> that? No. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I felt truly seen by you and it was probably the acid, but you, you know, you teared up and you were like, the room is just, it's oh so God. cute. <laughs> God. All right. They're like the running theme so far of season two is um, how emotional Sam is. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, it's one of those moments. It's funny what sticks for some people because that. I remember that now that you say it. Yeah. Um, and I'm a little jealous that I didn't do some acid with you. I think I had to work early in the morning and I'm not someone who's like super into psychedelics. Um, me, me either. I, I'm, I, that's the, I think that's the last time I have even done it. Um, and I've only, I only did acid like a few times, like three times in the, in the Bay area. I had experimented with mushrooms before that um living in massachusetts um and i prefer acid if anyone's asking but because <laughs> i had a bad mushroom trip one time do we, tell um well <laughs> well i was it was it was like it was like before i was planning on it was like a few weeks before i was getting ready to move to california and you know, I was in like a very stressed out headspace, obviously, because you're getting ready to make a big move, big life changes. Um, not a good time to do psychedelics. Um, you should always be in like a more of a positive mindset. And on top of that, I chose to eat these mushrooms alone in my warehouse creepy studio in Lynn, Massachusetts. Um, yeah positive mindset is not I, w I was not in a positive mindset it was dark and dank and I'm freaked out and I decided to take mushrooms um and I just like had a total panicky kind of trip and also I was eating chipotle a chipotle bowl which like made me feel nauseous you have to be <laughs> really careful when you decide to eat a chipotle bowl no kidding you have to Plan your you, know, day. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that i've had oh yeah yeah and that's that's a terrible time to do it um anyways i got so tweaked out it's actually one of the few times that i had really strong visual stuff doing psychedelics and um it sounds cliche but it was real i was seeing like swirling faces and it was the swirling face of George Jefferson from the Jeffersons. Look him up. You know him. You would know him if you saw him. You just saw a face appear out of nowhere. You must have really been tripping. Yeah, it was wild. I've never actually tripped that hard. Um, so that's the last time I ever ate mushrooms because that was so horrible that I uh, never wanted to do them again. I probably never will. I think, I think that's all behind me. Never I choose to do it right or you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I always like to go for the uh whatever everyone else is doing since I'm, you know, 5-3, I like to do half of whatever everyone else is doing and it usually works out really well. Mm. Yeah, that that's a good plan. Mhm. Mm Man, that's so funny about your bedroom. So Wait, <laughs> I was saying that it's it's so you. Uh huh. You were just so touched by like, you know how I had made my bedroom. Yeah. Which it, bedrooms? In you the, tell a lot about. In people. the mission, right? In the mission, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice apartment. It was, and I think um, 
to tie this back into painting, I think painting can be, um, you know, I was talking to this wonderful painter, Jill Malady. Mm. She, we were talking about how painting can be psychedelic, but in the way that nature is psychedelic. Right. Like when you are on, you know, psychedelics, like you might see a shape that's snowflake-like or, you know, the roots of a tree can feel psychedelic and dripping of a paint and the sensuality of paint. Um, it's kind of just, I think that's what pulls people in, at least for me, for painting that like, getting getting more psychedelic with with the painting and even the colors because I think my colors can sometimes be a little muted and I was thinking about Monk and his paintings and you know those are really psychedelic yeah yeah in that kind of like nature like uh the rocks are pink and blue and yellow and uh-huh and you brought him up too with, in, with my painting. Yeah, your recent paintings definitely have have a, a monk kind of touch to them. Yeah, you've been for the last few years. You've been washy with the paint um, for for a while. Not, I wouldn't say like. Yeah, I kind of muted. I felt like you muted your colors a lot in a good way. Um, I always go back and forth. Yeah. So what it so she was saying because of the content of the play that the paintings you were presenting they didn't have that psychedelic feeling. I think or just in general she just wants I've you to push that. LSD but I've heard that it feels like you're being shot off a rocket. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like that? Mm, not when I've done it. Uh okay. sort of. I mean you hit points of like euphoria and kind of like blissful, you know, if, if it hits the right way, it can be so beautiful that you feel like you're on a rocket, I suppose. Yeah, that could be one way to describe it. I think like, let's say the character Baba, there's an abrasiveness to her and an abrasiveness to nature and maybe even that kind of homesteading. There's an abrasiveness to like, people who live in 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 um a rural area like mm. do you ever go to a small a small town like that happens to me every time i go to ojai in california i'm like it's, it's different mm -hmm. and um people are a little more isolated and a little more set in their ways mm -hmm. and i think there was an abrasiveness to to the play and to baba that didn't exist in the paintings and i'm like I want to bring that complexity that we were talking about with like the play and my favorite type of art. I feel like I don't want to just make a beautiful painting. I don't want to just ha make a one dimensional painting. Cause like for you, I'm sure like as a painter, it's not hard to make a beautiful painting. It's hard to make an interesting painting. Yeah. Hmm. Now that, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, I definitely know what you mean because making something beautiful is definitely one of my primary objectives. Um, for better or worse, I like still kind of need it to look good. Um, however, I qualify that. 
Um, but yeah, that can sometimes lead to less interesting work or, or less um, maybe work that says some, like less that doesn't have as much to say. So like balancing that out, I think I sometimes try to um, think about the, the, the beauty aspect first. You know, you're making me consider um, when I've thought about it the other way around. Someone I've been teaching with recently, too. Um, I'm teaching advanced painting, and, you know, he says, painting doesn't lie. And I just think that's so true. Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to get away with much with, with your painting or like, if there's not much there for you, or you're not that you're, you're not that committed to the painting. It shows. It shows. Mm -hmm. um, it feels dead. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about that. Well, the new stuff that I've seen, it, it, it looks really good. Uh, I was really impressed with the new paintings. They Thank they you. look really alive, and I think you're pushing yourself in ways that I haven't seen. Um, it seems like you've also gotten more confident with like depicting people, um, and like some more like narrative scenes. Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting. You balance this kind of loose, uh, very loose touch with um, it kind of like sometimes feels like very abstract. Like it feels like the whole painting's like falling apart slightly. It's like just hanging on. Mm -hmm. um, you do that very well though. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what made me think of Monk because uh, he does that a lot where there's something so loose that you almost feel like it was like slapdash, but then like you kind of really start to see the complexity of the whole thing. Um, that it's really just kind of a choice. Um, I just read a book. Do you know the um, the author Carl of Nosgard? Carl oh, of that his, his uh my struggle. Yeah. Did yeah. you read those? No, I've never read those. Um, but he wrote a book about monk. Um, no, really? Mm -hmm. It's really good. I mean, I'm not interested in, in his uh in his my struggle series for many reasons, but um I would check out that book. Yeah, you should. It's really, really interesting. Um I I yeah, and it's a quick read. Like you you'd read it in a week. It's um yeah, like kind of personal meditations on what he's meant to him because they're both Norwegian and uh, he interviews other artists about Monk. Um, it's just kind of like this like personal essay mixed in with like art historical stuff. It, it's really good. It's, it's a quick read. But he was he made me look at him in a whole kind of different way because I, I can't say I was ever like. Uh, not like, kind of like you know, go ahead. It's kind of like the like the Beatles or something. It's something yeah. you just granted. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, there's like a few of his paintings that are like that. And then there's this whole other enormous body of work that isn't as well known. So he he goes through all that. It's good. Yeah, you should check it out. It's called um So Much Longing in Such Little Space, something like that. 
What a beautiful title. Yeah. He's a good writer. Uh, I, I mean, believe I, it. I think I just have a, a personal I, association with someone who was into, you know, it, it, it uh, shades things. Uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing, nothing towards Carl. It's nothing personal, Carl. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing that happens. Like someone, like a, you break up with someone and they were like really into something and it just completely ruined. Yeah, yeah I've, no. I've had things like that. Uh, uh, yeah, and also, I mean, yeah, if you're dating someone who's like read all of the My Struggle books, that should have been a red flag right off the bat. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. No, I've never read them. I don't know. They're supposed to be good. He's like, he's like obsessive. What's it? Let's get into red flags. That's what I want to talk about dating now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into my real interest. Let's talk about dating. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, we can. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. Does that play? All right. Well, you can you can share. You're gonna have to put that part out. Uh, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> leaving that in. You could share as much as you want, but. Do you feel you you just went through a breakup recently, right? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I really you don't want to talk about this. I wanted to talk about what are your um, what are your red flags? I'll tell you mine. I, I'm apparently I don't have enough red flags. I don't know. I uh, what are your green flags? What's a go for you? Let's talk about that. The green flags aren't talked about enough. What are my green flags. I don't know. What are your green flags? <laughs> my green flags are someone who loves my food. If you like my food, if you like my cooking, that's a green flag. That's, that's um, a good one. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to talk about a movie. Not that I'm even like a movie person, but like I want to be able to have a conversation after a movie that's a that's a green flag for me that's good um do you feel like even if it's something that's like not the same exact taste as you you just want someone who like can kind of talk about it or does it have to be like the exact same taste i just love like seeing the world through another person's eyes like when you and and that's probably why like painting is amazing and art is amazing, um, and it's you know so needed. But I think you know, have you ever seen a movie with someone and they have a total different interpretation of of mm-hmm. how the movie ended? Mm-hmm. And you're like, when she was looking at the sunset, like, oh. sorry, hold on. Um, when she was looking at the sunset, that well, yeah, that's that's when he died. Yeah, and then someone else is looking at, and they're like, no. And she was looking at the sunset, like, you know, she was thinking about what she was going to make for dinner that night. Yeah, I just loved that the possibility. But then you're things. like, if they if they saw it completely different, you're like, no, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you start maybe uh, that could be a red flag. No, I think that's a, I like it. But what what if what if you don't like their take on something? 
don't think it's about like or dislike. I think it's just about, it's just different. Oh, yeah. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't, we don't have to agree on, on everything. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, what, so what's a green flag for you? Like good taste in music. Well, you know, I was I was just talking about this recently. I thought I, those kind of things didn't really matter. That it's like, oh, you can have like, you know, that's all superficial. Like that's like high school shit. Like, oh yeah, we like the same music and movies. It's like, kind of does matter though. Like, to an extent. What's that? Shows like where where the soul is. Yeah, like there are kind of things you kind of have to have the same taste on. Um, more than music, I actually think movies is one because, like, you sit and watch movies together probably more than than music even. Um, you love movies too. I love movies, but I love music more. Um, I, think I, I don't sometimes isn't that weird? I think that's maybe not so uncommon now. No, yeah, I don't think that's weird. Even I like watch way more TV, and I, and most of the time I watch like horrible TV. I know, like trash. Um, watch, yeah, yeah, you know, because it's like I need a break. I need to like cool off the cool off the old brain every now and then. No, you know what's a um, uh, yeah, like a green flag would be most important is like having the same food tastes, like eat, like liking to eat the same things. I think that's important. I would red flag for me would be a picky eater. Yeah, yeah, me too big red flag yeah i can't do picky eaters because i'll eat anything like i'm not picky at all uh, i'm like adventurous so if like someone can't be adventurous with me that's like no go at, at your bistro yeah i'm at a bistro right now <laughs> sam's background is um an italian bistro yeah um no but uh do you feel like this kind of stuff, does this play out in your paintings at all? Relationships, love, loss? Do, do, do you use your art to deal with that? You know, not really. No? <laughs> Which is kind of surprising. Um, if anything, it's like, okay, let me think about this before I just answer. Maybe younger me, that was the case. Um yeah, I think you you used to be very hard on your sleeve. Now I'm like I want to I want to like be in someone else's world. I don't want to be in my world. I think that's an interesting uh that's kind of an important distinction. And that is what you're doing now. Like you you're this all of these paintings are kind of based on this like story. Mhm. Instead of like a personal. I mean, it is a personal experience, but you're kind of um yeah, it's not coming from an internal, like, emotional response kind of thing. And I think everything we make is always biographical. Like, yeah, I think something that happened in the performance, which was a conscious slash unconscious decision, you know, I'm writing these characters and there's one character who very much is me, but also isn't me. But I also feel like part of me is Baba. Like, I feel I'm all the characters sometimes and the only costume for 
for the performers, everyone had their shoes off. And I made the decision to also take my shoes off during the performance. So in a way that sort of brought me into the performance, even though I wasn't in the performance. And I thought that was interesting because everything they make is, you know, it's, you can't really separate yourself from it. Yeah, no, it's, it's all you, it's all parts of you. Do you think, um, so Jill Malidi, who, yeah, she's a really good artist. Was she was a teacher at UCLA? She is such a good painter. So she's a visiting faculty this quarter and I haven't really been able to talk with that many painters. We our painting department's been a little, um, two people were, retired more or less during COVID. And so that left us just with two painting faculty. So, and I love meeting with, you know, people in other departments, but meeting with her, I was like, oh yeah, there's something different about talking to a painter. Yeah. And I just was so um, excited to make a painting after we had our first meeting that I went and made a whole new painting for my show a couple days before my show. Really? We had such a good, a good conversation and then I was so excited and what I'm happy about with with my show is sometimes shows I don't know if you feel this way can feel like close like at the end or like a closing and sometimes it will be hard for me to find momentum again after a show because everything's left my studio mm-hmm. and I felt different with this show I felt like I have more work to make or I could make these paintings better. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a great feeling to have. Yeah. Sometimes there's like usually kind of like a depression after a show. And I was dreading that. I was like, okay, here it comes. Well, especially because it's the end of this whole two year graduate process too. So three year. It's three years. Three year. Oh. Um, but also like kind of not three years because blah, 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 COVID. Um, right. But I had the opposite feeling. I feel like I have all this energy. Like my show feels like it was like a springboard. And I'm like, well, you know, am I going to write another play? Am I going to have this performance happen again with the paintings? So that's it's good that I feel like I have momentum. Nice. That's very exciting. Are you planning on staying in LA? I'm going to stay in LA. I love it. Yeah. I love it here yeah are you gonna get a studio or just work out of your apartment Ooh, yeah i mean first i'm gonna you know I, I i have to move out of my apartment because i live in student graduate apartments and um i have a place maybe that i'm gonna sublet for a bit and yeah i'm just gonna take it easy on myself i mean i i always am making work so mm-hmm. Um, studio, it will, I'll get a studio, mm-hmm. but I'm you're not like in a rush right now. Well, I'm going to do that residency this summer that I had the St. Gertrude. St. Gertrude. So that's in the summer. That's the summer. So what's that about? It's a month long residency at a monastery, a monastery. And yeah, I'll have a studio and I, I think it's a pretty loose residency but i'll be living with some nuns in idaho for a month wow 
Yeah. That's I'm interesting. Really what what made you want to do that? Um, well, I'm not wearing it right now, but I have been wearing my necklace from my first communion. Mm -hmm. And someone in my program asked me, you know, she was like, are you Orthodox? And I said, oh, my family's Catholic. And she was wearing a sweater that said St. Gertrude's. And she said, I did this residency um, at this monastery and you should do it. She's like, it's one of the best experiences of my life. And yeah, so I just thought. Yeah, that's, I think that's going to be great. And I, there are so many residencies like that that are pretty low key. And if you need space or you need to get away from everything and just make some work like that's always there for us yeah yeah i i think painting or whatever being an artist in general kind of lends itself into this monastic lifestyle um that you have to some people can't handle it um it's not for everybody but it's so it's kind of cool that like this is literally at a monastery because there are times I, I have felt like I was living like a monk uh, just by being solo, a painter. Right? It's such a such a solo ride, and maybe that's why I wanted to do the performance, because I wanted a break from that. That's a that's very true, too. Yeah, just to have like a collaborative thing. That's why I like working with people so much, even if it's just like, um, like doing portraits and, and working with people in person, painting them in person, like... It's just such a nice kind of breakup from from working by yourself all the time. So I'm I'm personally starting to do more of that just as a way to to make it more fun again and but yeah, that's uh that will be really cool. Are are you going to bring your own paints and and canvases or just figure out what you want to do when you get there? Yeah, I'm definitely going to bring materials. Um maybe I don't know. I'm going back and forth. I might just like, what if I just did a bunch of watercolors? Mm -hmm. um, kept it pretty simple, but yeah. Do you still you, write poetry? You know, I wrote a poem recently. Um, I haven't really been, I, I was writing the play, so I haven't really been writing recently, but hopefully I will again. Yeah, maybe you'll start again. Maybe I'll start again. I don't know. Somehow, somehow I'm like, no, I, it will always be a part of my practice. But I think I started trying to do like clay at some point, and I was like, just focus. Too just much. Make, yeah. Make painting. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah, painting requires it requires a lot of dedication and focus, especially in in a grad program like that. How, how many? How many? Like. Uh, critiques where you get in a week mm, you know i just take crit a crit course once a year um but i would have meetings you know maybe throughout the week with faculty one-on-one -on -one meetings but that's the one thing i mean painting is it is hard but it's also not hard for me which is weird to say but i just kind of am like yeah you know i've been given this one thing that's not hard everything else is hard yeah yeah, you you have a you do have a very you have an ease with it. You're very relaxed with it. Um, I was always kind of envious about that. So I just give myself that. I think. 
Yeah. yeah I think I, well, I used to have like some kids about it. Like, you know, there's not enough labor involved, but I'm like, I just told myself, I'm like, I, you just get a pass. It's just, that's, and, it, and sometimes it, I think part of my, my process, yeah, painting might be easy, but I think also my work fails a lot. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've been accepting as part of my process is like, I make a lot of stuff that I don't, that doesn't turn into anything. Yeah. I would say 50% of my work fails. You, th you think? Yeah, definitely. Now that's cause you kind of like, you just go right onto the canvas, right? Do you, do you plan out what you're going to paint or do you just it always seems like you just start? I used to just kind of work stuff out on the canvas, but I um, actually in grad school, I got a little more clear and a little more intentional. And I sometimes have a drawing, um, sometimes a photo that I'm borrowing from, but I think this washy quality, I can't really hide too much. So I try to be a little more clear about what I'm doing. I don't project or anything. The only, I'll use a ruler. I like, that's my, that's my number one tool. You use a ruler? I use a ruler. Oh my. You should... <laughs> Is that sacrilege? That's a big no no for me. Really? No, I, uh, no, I don't know. What do you use a ruler for? Sometimes you just need a clean line. And I think uh, using like a ruler with the way I paint, it just creates a tension where, where there's like a little bit of sharpness in there with, with the washiness. Um, I'm not a big fan of tape. That's always something I don't like, use tape. When I'm TAing, I'm like, you don't need the tape. No, I'm anti-tape. I'm anti-ruler. I, I always tell when someone uses tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it works. Unless that's like your thing, like Larry Pittman, that's like mm -hmm. his thing. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It's not my thing. It's kind of like being like, you're known for a certain thing in basketball, like, yeah you know like you're a flopper it's like, yeah i don't want to be a, a tape person yeah yeah i'm just surprised i'm surprised about the ruler thing See? Yeah. Agnes martin. wait who what do you say yeah but you don't paint like agnes martin one day i will when i'm 80 years old i'm like that's what my favorite i love when the painters get super old they're just like just one brush though. Yeah, you're you're heading that way. You're you're going to the monastery. You're out in the desert. You're gonna be in Joshua Tree. I'm or she was in New Mexico, right? She lived in New Mexico. I, I, she was in New Mexico. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love about painting. It's like you kind of just get better as you get older. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're it's, not get worse. Uh, some people get worse. But it's a long, it's a long play. It's a slow play. It's a lifelong thing. I don't think painters get worse. Like musicians sometimes get worse. Musicians definitely get worse. Um, uh, oh, man, this is an interesting question. Who has gotten worse? I, I think um, I was talking with a friend recently. You know how like, like everyone like loves like Matisse cutout period? Mm -hmm. That's like his, I think that's his worst period. And that's like his, his end. I think he peaked I, I feel, before I that. I feel like my heart just sank when you said <laughs> that. I'm like, you can't talk about our father like that. 
he's just the first one that came to mind yeah i know we both i i know we love matisse we love um, matisse at the painter man podcast this is no shade but that feels so to me like he had to make it and that's what he could do at his age yeah yeah and that's, that's what about that work that's amazing yeah that is what's powerful about it but i kind of don't think it's like his strongest work and it's kind of it's kind of the most like commercially successful i think like in the afterlife Mm -hmm. definitely seems like you see that period the most Uh, it doesn't like do it for me not 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 at this point maybe maybe you'll come back around to it when you're 80 yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to draw from my bed using a, a long stick tool. I do that move. No, you're... I sometimes use the ruler and put a brush at the end and tape it around. That's when I will use tape. And I <laughs> just to lose some control. Really? Yeah. And you stand far away. I stand far away and I'm just like, if it's something that's kind of scary, like I think faces are scary, I'm like, I'm just going to do this. that's cool why do you think faces are scary because they're either they're either good or they're not there's no like it's either perfect or it just yeah yeah that's why i think that's why i I like doing faces so much because it's such a i mean it's like it says so much. It's the most like expressive thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love doing faces, but I it is scary. There's a lot, lot of, lot riding on it. And the weird thing about it too is like the smallest little adjustment can make someone look so different than you wanted to. I mean, it's it's a very tense moment when you're putting that all together. But the beauty of painting is like you can just wipe it out again. And it's like low stakes. The beauty of oil painting. The beauty of oil painting. Have you ever seen that show? The beauty of oil painting. Look it up on YouTube. It's like this like. It really is a show. Yeah, it's like a public <laughs> access show. I've used clips of it in like a sound collage in one of these episodes. One of my old episodes. Yeah, it's like a couple and they did it was like i don't know like some pbs type kind of thing and they would do um demonstrations of like oil painting like bob ross but they're like kookier and they're like a kooky art couple like old hippies it's pretty funny we should revamp it yeah we should yeah the beauty of oil painting with sam and justin now that i'm graduating i'm like i'm gonna need something to to keep me tethered yeah that could be our next collaboration. That would be a blast. A Zoom room. Yeah. No, I hate I mean, I like this, but like, if but, I never had to be on a Zoom again, it would be okay with me. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not optimal. I mean, even this, I would like prefer. Obviously, I think it'd be it's having conversations in person is always going to be better. But this is pretty cool. Like. You, how many, uh, did you have like a semester worth of Zoom classes? Oh my god, I had like a year and a half of Zoom classes. Really? Yeah. Wow. That sucks. Um, and then I think after like eight hours, I was like, 
I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, and something about it feels like, you know, the spotlight's on you if you're if you're talking on Zoom and in a group. I don't know. You teach, right? You, is it on? Is it online? No, it's in person. Okay. I've applied and tried to get jobs teaching art through Zoom. There's like a few programs. Um, oh, so good at that. Yeah, uh, I've I've only done it as like a demonstration, and it's kind of weird. It's definitely tricky. Um, I'm sure you get more used to it if I ever did actually doing it, do it more regularly. But yeah, it's strange. Um, but I think I, you have to be like a really structured person for yeah. like, to be able to have a class online. And I'm like, where I shine is more like being like having like a relationship with with the students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, and here's your syllabus and I'm going to do a demo for you. It. Yeah. It's it, tough. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're trying to get to know them and like what their work really is. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know that you can do that as well over zoom. Like the big thing, like when I was in grad school is teachers would come in and just like walk around the studio space and like, look at the things I had on my walls and like kind of try to get a feel of like, okay, these are the books he has in here. These are like the artists he's looking at, like just without even saying anything, just like looking at the studio says a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how long can you go here? What, what, what you got? Do you have things to do? I have tennis at four. You have tennis. Let, let's talk about Katie. What's Katie up to? Let's get just, into the book you really want to talk about. I just saw her. Oh, were you in New York? Yeah. Yeah. I went to New York. Uh, just catch up now. I went to New York for the weekend. No, we're not. We're, we're not done. We okay, got to okay. still talk about painting. Okay. We will. We're, we're catching up and we're talking about painting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just saw her. I went to New York for the weekend. Um I'm still kind of tired from it. I feel like my brain's not operating at full capacity. Okay, this is going to be, um, I feel the same from, from good. my thesis. All right, good. Well, you know, we could always do another episode, The Beauty of Oil Painting. <laughs> I want, I'm coming back. I think it's going well. I think so, too. Yeah, and then I saw like some old friends who live in New York. Uh, was, we, we just did a lot of eating, a lot of drinking. So fun. we went to church because it was Easter Sunday. That's we went, what I'm talking we about. We went to a Ukrainian church, so it was like very. It was a very vibey, uh, cool, good time. Very, yeah, tons of are you, tons are of good you, food. Is your family Catholic? Uh, yeah, my dad is by birth he's not really practicing i was raised catholic was he, was he like baptized yeah and so was i so i i was baptized i had my first communion got confirmed i even went to catholic high school um my my mom's jewish though so yeah so you know well, you according know. to them I, i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a jew but i wasn't raised that way i was raised and baptized and and was raised in the Roman Catholic Church, so I got I like it from to both sides. Oh, we have common, you know. 
which is the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Old Testament. Yeah, you do that, and that's really cool. I mean, there's a yeah, there's there's a lot in common, especially like Italians and Jews. They're 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 similar, similar energies. So culturally, you know, but yeah, we didn't have like much religion, religion growing up. Like even though I did all those things, it wasn't it wasn't like a a big presence. Um, the only reason I really went to Catholic school was because like they had a really good art program. Um, you know, so that's why I went to Catholic high school. It wasn't wasn't because my parents thought I needed religion. Maybe they did. They probably did. I was definitely lucky in that way. Most uh, most public schools now don't really have a that great of an art program. So that's where you got your start. I actually got my no. I was already. I got my start. I came out of the womb with a paintbrush. I, I was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I was. I was I'd a, like to see photos. <laughs> yeah, I was a born artist. I I actually was. T- I'm taking this like performance class as a seminar and yes last night we had to uh perform being born what we had we had we're doing like performances choreography and i we we had to dance or perform like we were being born wow that's some california hippie shit I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous class, but because there's like some theory behind it, like we, you know, start out with some theory, but then by the end of it, we're just uh, crawling around on mats barking. That, oh boy, that's a, um, that's like a type of psychology. That's like a type of therapy where you act out, you act out these different things you, to place yourself in your like, your inner child. You remember when you were born with a paintbrush? Yep. I, yeah. I came out. I had a little beret on. I was carrying a paintbrush. Can you do that performance for us now? <laughs> no, I think you have to do what you, What did you do at this class? I can't. This was a... Uh... Did it feel cathartic? Did, did you feel like in touch with anything? anything? You feel like what? We're just being silly, really. Yeah. I mean, what's cool about this class is like you as a, an adult, you don't really play. And I was like, we're really just like playing. Mm-hmm. And that's important for an artist to remember how to play and, and, and have fun playing. Yeah, no doubt. You want you, I think like you want to ha- you want to do things that like make you feel like you're like a little kid again. From time mm-hmm. to time oh, definitely and um you know without being embarrassed that's the hardest part you know yeah it's great to see everyone in a grad program like takes themselves so seriously it's really fun to see everyone um just be silly yeah we needed it yeah why why do, why are we why are we still in a class i thought you were done well, I have my thesis show, but I'm still in class till June. Oh, really? Yeah. And I still, yeah. So that's another thing I got wrong on in the intro. You haven't actually received your MFA. You're right. I haven't. Um, 
I actually got roasted a little bit because I didn't send in my thesis writing early enough. And so I, you know, do I have my MFA? Not quite yet. Anticipated for June. Yeah. I'm a, what do they say? I'm a, I'm a candidate. Mm. I'm so how long have you been playing tennis for? Two weeks. Nice. <laughs> I, I learned, um, it's called, I love my tennis coach. His name is Bill. He's just sweetest man. You know, he just, I was like, that's what makes a good coach. Just someone who's like telling you how good you are at everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we learned this, what it was called the semi, the semi Western grip. That's what we learn. Um, the semi Western grip. Is that it's like traditional? how to hold your, your racket. Mm. And, uh, last week we were, we were learning top spin. Um, so we haven't really been playing tennis. We're, we're really at the, the very basics right now. That's cool. I took mm -hmm. tennis lessons when I was a little kid. It's fun. I mean, I always thought I could play tennis, like, you know, it's like kind of like ping pong, but there, there is a lot of technique to it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, it's not easy at all. Yeah. I mean, I just was like overly confident without any skill. I think you're like that with, with a lot of things. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know, I really am. Like I was really the one who wanted to like have that band. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I know. But like, we're going to have a band. Yeah, I was the only one who actually knew how to play anything. And it was good, though. It was good. You might have to send me those recordings. I, I, I'm, I don't remember what they sounded like. They're probably really funny. I definitely will. They're actually like, no, I don't know. No, I they're, they're not I bad. I remember that. No, we yeah. should have. We should have kept that up. Cause we probably, we just like looked cool. Like just the three, we just had like a vibe that was cool. And that's all you really need in a band. Like, I, mean, I just like hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. No, it was fun. I wasn't feeling anxious, but I was just like adrenaline. I was like waking up at 4.30 in the morning, just like yeah, mind active. That's anxiety. Definitely. That's anxiety. That's what anxiety is. Definitely. But I didn't feel anxious, but I think I, I must have been. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think also, yeah, you you were you were working right up until the, the show. So you definitely had this adrenaline pump. I mean, I remember and texting with you. You seemed, you seemed like you were on one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I definitely was that day. Yeah, you were definitely on one. You know what it's like to get that natural high off of painting? It's the best. It's the best. I mean, that I, I remember I was working up right until the day of my show as well. My thesis show. Always did. Yeah. Like, I've never had a show where it's not that way. Yeah, I think I was even doing stuff in the gallery. 
Do you have yeah. any shows coming up, Sam? No. No. I don't have anything going on. I don't have any shows coming up either. They gave me the show, the thesis show. Well, yeah. They have to. That's, they have that's to. Part you of have it. your thesis. Hmm? I don't remember. Did you have a thesis show? Yeah. It was at um, Fort Mason in San Francisco. I, I must have come. I don't think you came. Sam. <laughs> I don't think you did, to be honest. Dude, no, that's... I think you did. Uh, I have pictures of us from graduation. I actually have a picture of you and I. I yeah. We have so many memories, Sam. Did I come to you? I definitely came to an open many open studios, but like the thesis, was it in your studio? No, it was at Fort Mason. Um, that place, uh, it was like right on I, the on the water. I must have come. Yeah, I think you came. Honestly, tell me, did I come or did I not? I don't. I I don't quite remember. I don't. I don't remember if you came or not. Tell me the meaning, and I'll remember if I came. What you? What... I showed. It was mostly what, what, like what, what, white. It was mostly white and lavender paintings. Yes, the big centerpiece was the dog on the white couch. I did come. Yeah, I think I had I had weird ass sculptures made out of foam, that had like plants growing out of them, like as part of like the display. And then I also had I had some of my line drawings like framed on like one of the walls. Did you have a poodle painting? Yeah, yeah, I think I did. And I had a painting of Matisse's chair, Matisse's like zebra print chair. I did. I like, did come. I yeah. did come. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I. Uh, I have a bad memory. You have a bad memory. I do have a bad memory. Oh, I thought you were saying you have a bad memory, like, associated with that. No, I just, you know, I have yeah, a yeah. memory. Yeah, yeah. That was, I Did mean, we... that was, like, 2015. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Not that... Yeah. Um, those were some good paintings. I feel like you were selling that work at that time. Didn't you, like, sell your paintings and your thesis? I show? did. I sold, I sold one piece from that show. Yeah, I was, I was selling work. For a few years, I was. I actually yeah. had this. Uh, I think you'll like this. I had this this little breakthrough recently about like gallery and commercial success, and like, does that bring me happiness? And I was doing a a, med a guided meditation, and I was like, I actually that doesn't even bring me anything. I mean, I would love to sell work, but like I, it gets complicated. Yeah. But you, you've sold a lot. You've had a lot of shows. No, I don't, I don't. And now I'm just airing all my stuff, but like, no, this is, no. this is what I want to talk about. Um, I charge my computer, but no, I don't really sell my, I sell maybe a, it's very um, inconsistent. Yeah. But what I do, doing this meditation, let me get my charger. Hold on. Do you, um, to the, to the bedroom? Um, I think what I, I just realized like actually teaching brings me a lot more than like 
I love having a show, but it's complicated. I think I, I get the most satisfaction actually out of teaching. And I just feel like if I do sell work, like I think at one point I was putting a lot of my worth and like, I'm having these shows and I'm not selling anything like that must mean the work's not good. Yeah. Um, and it would really mess with my momentum. And I think I just recently was like, that doesn't mean a lot of bad work sells. We all know that. And like, I think even like my parents or my family, I think they might mark success as in like how many paintings I'm selling at a show. And I definitely would mark my own success like that. And I just kind of let some of that go recently. And I was like, that's not why I'm making work. And I've definitely made work thinking like, I'm going to sell this work. And then the work doesn't sell. The paintings don't lie. Yeah, exactly. Right. The paintings don't lie. Maybe that'll be the name of the episode. I was going to I was going to title it Get Into It just cuz that's your theme song. But maybe I'll call it Painting Don't Lie. <laughs> I think Dealer's Choice. Dealer's Choice. Yeah, that is um I've been in that headspace as well where I, I'm trying to make work that I think is going to sell or be commercially friendly. And it, it's like back to the other thing we were talking about. It's just like you try to make something that just looks nice or you think looks nice and you think is going to be commercial. And it, it just you, you can read it from a mile away. And it's just ultimately a less interesting piece of art. And then no one wants it either. So it's kind of it's, it's, it's a bad thing to be thinking too much about. Um, I, this dog that I'm watching just jumped on top of his kennel. I just am impressed. Um, yeah, I think don't. I think it's something that I lost you, you for just a have second. To, like take out of your mind when you're making paintings. I think you. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I think it's just something you like, at least for me, like I can't be, that can't be in my mind when I'm making paintings. Yeah. And, but it, oh, it is sometimes, but it just makes me feel bad. I feel like it makes the work not good. And like, yeah, I, I, I'm open to it, but I'm not, I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm not going to, um, you know, let it like validate me or something mm -hmm. no or invalidate me. yeah and you you do need some time to just like let yourself wander off and have the freedom to like start some things and maybe you abandon it because it doesn't work but like when you have the pressure of this has to be done in a few months because i have a show and so it's like you don't have that same freedom to like experiment to make bad work to like make failures um you just like it's it is nice like the last few years because i haven't had a show in since 2019 it's it's sort of nice to just have like i can follow my my uh instinct and kind of just like follow like my own interests and let things move a little bit slower um i i do appreciate that especially because i've been going through such like uh 
you know, was, in my life, just like, you know, you need to let your life happen as well. So that, you know, that, that if you have shows, all it seemed like you were showing a lot, like for a few years uh, well, in and, San Francisco. And then like at all was taking your stuff around and. Yeah, I had a little momentum in San Francisco. I think that's just, you kind of think, oh, I have a momentum and it's just going to keep going. And it's like, it's a very uh, unstable life yeah being an artist and i think um what i just remind myself and is like you know some people don't sell work till they're like 60 mm. and their work is amazing um yeah. or some people die and never have a show yeah so yeah it's it can't be, be the reason you do it it can't be the reason you do it and i just really got clarity that like okay, why am I making art and like what keeps me, I think another thing that keeps me connected is like that you can lose in grad school is like, you know, we're talking about playing, like you still have to keep that connection to enjoying making Mm -hmm. art. And I think when you're being like super cerebral or like, you know, worried about, commercial success you can really lose that that connection to play and yeah. i think that's important yeah yeah absolutely i think um grad school is kind of is good for that for though because like the community at grad school sometimes can help keep you in that like play mode i found that like i i started taking myself more seriously like in the business side of it after that because I felt like this is what I have to do like this is how I have to be a professional artist is like I now I have to like try to make sellable work um whereas in grad school I was definitely more like wild style just like trying out different things and kind of having more fun with it it was like the 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 years following I've gone through some like, you know, I tried to sell prints, I tried to sell my paintings myself online, and like, that didn't work out. Um, and it just was like, kind of talk about this stuff, because people don't talk about this. No, they don't talk about it in grad school at all. It is just kind of art for the sake of art, which is good. But they don't talk about like, how to sell work or how to just navigate the art world following that. They, they really don't. Um, but it's, it's just a balance, I guess. You just have to constantly be going back and forth, like between these two. For me, it's like two very different parts of my brain, mm-hmm. the creative side and then like the other side. But you can't have that in the studio in the moment you really just you can't be guided by like sales or trying to get a show trying to appeal to people trying to make the right kind of work like because like again painting don't lie everyone could see it from a mile away it's like they could see the desperation it's like trying it's like trying like when you're so desperate to like get with someone or something and like people could exactly, see that. Yeah. Exactly what I, what I like, if you have a gal, uh, like someone from a gallery come in, you just, if you're confident about the work and you're not really looking for their approval, they're really into it. But if you're really kind of like, Oh, I, 
you know, grasping, people can sense that, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, there's there's less of a of a soul in the work. I think. And I also think like your work and my work, it's like as my friend Leela says, it's easy to live with. So it's always it's so unpredictable, like what would sell and what wouldn't sell. Um I can't figure it out. I think it's just momentum. I think once people start you yeah. know investing in you, other people are like, Well, this person must be really good. I'm gonna I want a piece too. I want like a, a Sam Spano um I think it's just momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, you know, momentum in the Bay Area is one thing. You know, it's such a small, it's such a small city. And it's funny, like, you know, people don't necessarily care about Bay Area artists outside of the Bay. I, I hate to say it. Don't get Not mad at me. Uh, I don't think in New York. I'm a Bay Area artist. Would you, would you consider me a Bay Area artist? No. I know you're LA now. You're so LA. You think I'm so LA? No, I don't know. I think I'm just going to start calling myself a Bay Area painter. <laughs> I feel a real kinship with like some, you know, like Joan Brown, Jada Feo. Me too. Yeah. Some solid demon corns, some solid ass painters. Me too. That's why I moved there. I mean, I do have to say that when I go back to San Francisco, um, it does have a soul to it that other places don't have. Yeah. You still feel that way? I do feel that way still. Yeah. Do you? Have you? I haven't been back since I left. No, it hasn't. For me, it hasn't really changed. I know things have changed, but in some ways, nothing has changed. Yeah, there's something about it there. There's something about the landscape there that's so beautiful and like just kind of overwhelming the hills, the mountain. You know, you could just see the whole city from all these different points. Um, There's something about the air and the light that's like no other place I've ever been to. Um, Walking, yeah. Like I feel inspired just by walking. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I love it. It's it's. Uh, Are you planning on staying in Boston? Are you really liking being back on in the on the East Coast? I like being on the East Coast. Um, yeah. Hmm. It suits you. Yeah. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. No question mark. Oh, I thought you. Do <laughs> you feel like it suits you? um yeah i feel like marky mark back in boston uh i've always said i'm like the marky mark of being catholic yep i got my catholic on um i do feel i don't know where i belong that's the thing i i I feel like i contain multitudes and i I think I, i belong in like five different places at once i could see myself back in california I love California. I miss it. Um, but I do think I'm naturally an East Coast guy. Do you go to church every week? I've been going every Sunday to to a place in Santa Monica. Wow. Yeah, called uh, St. Monica's Catholic Community. That's really great. It's a really good church. Um, 
yeah, it's a really beautiful church. That's kind of just how I picked it too. I was looking and I was like, what's the most beautiful looking church? I want to go there. Mm. And it ended up being like, it's the perfect fit. I really like it. That That's awesome. I, I didn't know you were into that. Um, do you find art is connected to your spirituality at all? I would like to think there's an intersection there. I think, um, I feel like definitely it's a, it's a gift that I got from God that I hope to share. Um, sometimes I, I've really struggled with like, is painting a, a necessity? Like, is it a selfish pursuit? And I think like during COVID, I definitely was feeling existential about making art. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like the world would be so boring if, if I didn't have paintings to look at or movies or things to understand myself through. And so I think it's, it's actually, it's really important and it is a necessity. It is. Yes. You can't be anyone but yourself. You have to do what you, you do. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, that was, finally I've gotten over that, but for a while I thought. No, I've, I've had those same feelings for sure. Yeah. Cause it feels frivolous. It, you know, again, it's like, we're not, is it a necessity? Like, are we building things that people truly need? Are we making medicine? Are we, I mean, no, not necessarily, but people do need art. They need beauty. I believe in that. But we need to to, to make that stuff because that's in, in us. And you have to honor that part of yourself. Otherwise, it's like you'd, you'd be you'd be a uh, you'd, you would be suppressing something in you. And then who knows what would happen? You turn into that lady. Oil. The beauty what? Is it the beauty in oil painting? Is yeah. that what it's called? The beauty of oil painting. The beauty of oil painting. I think that should be the title of the show. <laughs> Just like 100% sincere. Earnest. We're earnest painters. We're heart-centered artists. We are. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are you? You're a cancer? We're in touch with the heart chakra. <laughs> are you a cancer? <laughs> I am. You know that, Sam. Yeah, I know. Um, so that's right. that's like a really sensitive sign, isn't it? It's a really sensitive sign. So are Aries, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. I should walk my doggies before. Yeah, before we've done about two hours. I think I could make something of this. It was a lot of fun. It was good to see you again. Check in. And uh, we'll do this again some other time. And please keep doing the podcast. I will. Thank you. We need it. <laughs> yeah, the world needs this. The world needs another podcast. I mean, I definitely am excited when I see a new episode of Painter Man pop up. And that song actually was in one of our radio show. Yeah. Man. Yeah. The song on the radio show ever? On this show? Uh, on the on the podcast? No, it was. I originally had it as the theme song. I had a different version of it, not the creation version. That's why it was called. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because on the, on our radio show, I played the creation version. They were like a British invasion <laughs> band, 
And then I had this other like new wave version by Boney M as the theme song. But then I decided I didn't really want a theme song. So I just got rid of it. Um, yeah, the first two episodes had that as the theme song. Um, I think we should exit with um, with singing that song together. <laughs> Will you start us off? All right. Okay. <laughs> Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for coming on. It's thank been a pleasure. Me. We'll do it again. But uh, how's it go? It goes, uh, went to college to study art, to be a major painting star, something like that. Let's pull up the lyrics. Oh, my God. Painter man, the creation. Okay, ready? Yeah, all right. Painter man. Oh, you're just starting from the chorus? I'm just going in. Who would be a painter man? Painter man. Painter man. Who would want to be a painter man? Went to college, studied art. This is your part. To be an artist, make a start. Studied hard, gained my degree. But no one seemed to notice me. And we'll just end there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Bye, Sam. Please come visit. I will. I'd love to. This summer. Went to college, studied art. To be an artist, make a start Studied hard, gained my degree But no one seemed to notice me Painter man, painter man Who would be a painter man? Painter man, painter man Who would be a painter man? Man. Paint a man.